0: welcome to episode 10 of team is podcast um big up everyone that listened to the last one i think there was like close to 200 listens which to me yeah it's just it's just nuts like i know i've got like a decent amount of followers so it's, it's expected that you know like I'd get quite a decent amount of like listeners but still I just I find it kind of mad that there's like that many people that would just listen to me chat shit about football so um yeah as usual I just ask people to send me questions um I got quite a few this time so I just tried to yeah narrow it down as usual so let's go first question is if you could bring in one player for every member of the traditional top six, who would it be? So, starting with Liverpool, because I guess their top has to be has to be Sancho. Because I just think that front three... Um, I, I don't know if I'd say it needs freshening up, because they've still all been pretty good this year. Maybe not Firmino, but Mane and Salah have been amazing. And then Firmino has still been, like, decent. Like, he's not been noticeably terrible to, you know They, they, I mean they've still got like what they've dropped like five points all season so even if Firmino's not been great it's not like it's cost them or anything but I just think they all get into that age now where like they might start to decline in a year or two and if you've got the money to sort of buy the next superstar young forward you have to do it like you, it's a wasted opportunity if they don't and yeah I just think it's it's a no-brainer I think Obviously, they've been linked to Werner a bit more, which I also, I get it, like, it makes sense. Um, for, like, £100 million less. And value for money-wise, probably, like, yeah, that would make more sense. But I just think when you're in the position Liverpool are in, like, the pool they have now, they are the best team in the world. You have to, like, make the most of it. And I just think the best player that they can they can get is, is Sancho, or the best sort of, the best talent they can get. I don't know if Mbappe is even in there. So if they can get Mbappé, if they have that kind of pull, if they'll ever have that kind of pull, but Sancho is definitely attainable, and yeah, he'll cost loads, and he might not be better value for money than Werner. But if you're thinking about the long term, like future of Liverpool, you might rather have Sancho for like next six seven years than, than Werner. Like he's a whole four or five years younger than Werner. Um, he can play what both left left wing, right wing. Um, I know Sa- I Verna can play, like, up front or on the wing, but I just think Sanchez, like, I, I just think he'd just be a, a better signing, like, he's just, his his ceiling is probably, like, one of the highest in world football, so, if you're Liverpool and your, your wingers and strikers are all getting on a bit, like, they're, what, 20, I think they're all 27 or 28 now, and... Yeah, in a year or two, like they will, they will start to decline. Even if it's just a small decline, like even if money and Salah go from twenty twenty league goals a season to fifteen, that's still a drop off. That's still something that you need to replace if you want to maintain this level. So, I think Sancho would be would be a great signing. Also, it means that, um, like they're really reliant on their fallbacks for, for creativity right now. If, if that's like. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't, but maybe if that's not, like, sustainable for, like, long-term, it gives them, like, a plan B, another way of playing, because Sancho is, like, super, super creative, and it just gives them more, like, options. Like, they can... Maybe if the 4-3-3 goes stale, which, you know, it can happen in football. Like, if you have the same players for a few years, or the same system, it starts to go stale, teams start to find a way to play against you. Like, you need to have, like, a plan B. So if they have... If they could play like a 4 2 one with Firmino as like a 10, one of Salo Omane up front, then S- uh, Sancho and then one of the wingers out wide, that's another way of playing. And then they'd probably get more out of Firmino in like a two-man midfield as well. I think he, as like the lone DM, I think he gets he gets exposed quite a bit, um, especially since he came back from injury. Like if he played in a two with say like vinaldo or even Henderson... I think they they'd still be like super solid defensively. So, yeah, for me, Sancho's a no-brainer. Then Man City, I'd say, they I don't know, it's it's weird because they've got a few like, their squad's obviously amazing, but they've got a few positions which are flat out terrible. Like their their first choice and their depth are absolutely terrible, and it's weird how like Pep's built this team like. He spent so much money on like Mares for example. Morris is amazing, but he spent sixty million on him when he had Bernardo Silva, Sterling, and Sane already as wide options. When the centre back or the left back situation probably needed fixing, and then he bought Cancelo for like fifty-five, sixty million in the summer as well. I know like Danilo was part of that, but if they if they just kept Danilo, they could have spent like thirty, forty million on a left-back or a centre-back. And I just thought it was super weird how he just didn't buy a centre-back at all. And, yeah, I'd say the centre-back and left-back situation are just, like, they need to fix that urgently because they've got either Zinchenko or Mendy or Stones or Mendy or Fernandinho. They start every game. Like, they are part of their best eleven, And that's just not good enough if you're trying to compete for the league with a team that's just got Well the Liverpool are going to get 100 plus points 105 probably So And yeah Liverpool will probably be worse Next season But They'll be worse And still get like 95 points probably So City are going to have to improve A lot to To, to win, If they want to win the league And obviously Champions League Is always Something they're always Trying to win as well So I also found it weird How they learned out Angelino Like He wasn't like Doing great or anything But I still rate him higher than than Mendy or Zinchenko and he's been pretty good for Leipzig since he joined. So Peb's just done a lot of weird shit with his squad and I'd say I'd say maybe they could escape like another season with Zinchenko or Mendy as a left back, but as as centre back they definitely just need to buy like a, a maybe not a world class centre back, but just an an amazing centre back. So I'd probably go with Um, the way City as well, yeah, like, you kind of need, the centre-backs kind of need to be pretty, like, mobile and cover a lot of ground, because the amount of, like, counters they get exposed to, like, that's the way, that's the way they play, like, they don't concede many chances, but the ones they do concede are on the counter, so, because they play, like, with, like, fire-fucking attackers or midfielders, like, attacking midfielders or wingers, so, um, I don't know, I'd say one of the Leipzig guys... Probably Kanate or Opamakano or even Makieli, I don't know. Um, he's played quite a lot at right back, so I don't know if if what his best best position is. But Kanate and Opamakano are both like rapid, and they're both used to playing in like quite a high line and covering a lot of ground. So one of those two, maybe. Um, obviously, I I'd, I I'd, I'd prefer like Kanate. I just think he's less he's less rash and. Apomacan has had quite a lot of injury problems, and he's um and he just be more expensive because he's just he's rated higher for some reason. So I'd probably go with Kanate. I think he'd cost like thirty-four million max. Like he's not he's not that highly rated. I don't think he even starts every game for them. So I'd go with Kanate, or I've seen them linked with Scrinias or well, the the Inter guy. But I'm not sure if, like... Like I said about the whole pace thing, like, the centre-backs need to be rapid. And I don't know if he's... I don't think he's that quick. I don't know. I'm, I, from what I've seen, like, he just seems... He just seems like he's amazing. So sort of really strong and wins a lot of aerial duels. I don't know if he's, like, the type of centre-back that City need. But he's obviously... he's obviously re- Like, he's better than both of the Leipzig guys. But I just don't know if he suits like their style of play like if they played the way they play i think he might get exposed quite a lot but i don't know i i like screener a lot so so that's city um but to be honest i just say they need to sign a left back and a center back like that's what they need to do rather than just one or the other um and then who's that? um okay well leicester not top six but i'd say so let's just say spurs um I think our biggest priority is definitely. Uh, I don't know actually. I would say I'd say a defensive mid. I, I've I've always said we needed the DM, um, but like our def our defenders have fallen off a cliff this season. Like Vatognon was already, Vatognon was like really in decline before this season. Just no one seemed to mention it for some reason. I think it was because that Dortmund game last season where he played left back, he was like ten out of ten. But last season he was not good. Like, he was making a lot of errors. I think got a couple red cards. Um, and, yeah, like, he was just really... Like, it was clear that Sanchez is, is probably better than him at this point. And I'm not even, like, a big Sanchez fan. But Ardivar has just been so bad. Like, so, so bad. He looks... He looks so slow and just... ah, oh, like, he... I don't know, man. It, it makes me question, like, how was this guy ever good when I watch him? Because everything he does is just so slow and like the the thing that pisses me off most about him is that he just backs off a lot and when like strikers are trying to take a shot he doesn't block he he never blocks shots anymore and it really pisses me off there's been like three four goals this season where he's been like one v one with a striker and he's just easily allowed him, allowed him to have a shot on goal like that's Bayern nabri had like nabri scored like every shot and obviously Lloris is kind of at fault and Nabry was just, just had an amazing sh- um like night of finishing. But Alderweireld was just letting him easily take every shot and against Brighton as well. There was that Connolly guy, who by the way I don't has he even done anything since like the Spurs game. I swear he scored two goals against us and I haven't heard about I haven't heard about him since like but yeah, he his goal, his second goal, he just he was one v one with Aldervid and he just easily finessed it into the corner. So yeah, I don't know if I don't know what our biggest priority is probably probably still a DM cause I don't know, our problem is just conceding shots and if we had someone that won the ball back for fun that would that, I think that'd help that more than a center back. Um so I don't know. I'm I, I don't I don't really know what DMs are on the market. Someone like Indeedy would just be perfect. Someone that's just amazing at winning the ball back. Um but I don't really think anyone's that attainable. Someone like Partey, but he's he's not going to come Tottenham, is he? So I don't know. I think I really like Camavinga from what I've seen from him. But I don't know if he's like a traditional DM. I think he'd be wasted if you put him like in a. If you played him as like the the lone DM in like a three, I think he'd probably be a bit wasted. But I don't know. Maybe I just play him in a pivot with Ndombele or Loselso and that midfield would just look pretty pretty good. So, um, probably Camavinga. I can't really think of another DM that that is attainable or that's, that's impressed me a lot this season. I've seen us link to, like, um, I forgot his name. It's like Roca, I think, or Roca. I don't know, from, from Espanol. And I, I honestly don't know enough about him, but he seems pretty... We just need someone that's, like, dominant physically and just wins the ball back. And, because we don't have anyone like that, like, Piquan Yama was that player, Piquan in our team now would solve so many issues, but he's literally, well, he's, I think he just got sold the other day, but, yeah, someone like him. Um So, I'd probably say Kamavinga, but, I don't know, it's probably not a great shot. Um Then, United, United's... I mean they solved the biggest issue which was probably the attack in the mid. Like Pereira and Lingard were just like massive like voids where just no there was no creativity coming from there. And they fixed that now. So yeah, well done to them. Um and yeah, right now they, I think right wing is like the biggest sort of issue in their squad. Like left back's not great, Sean Williams not great, but Daniel James starting every game on the wing or Greenland's not bad but he's not a winger and you know and James still starts most games ahead of him so I don't know I feel like Sancho is like a logical signing for all all these clubs Um, but he's also a bit wasted on the right like he's way better on the left so I don't know if he'd be like the if they paid like 150 million to play him on the right I think that would probably be a bit of a waste but at the same time, I don't really know who else, like, is even on the market for them. Like, that's probably... You know, if, if United can get Sancho, considering the state of their club right now... I mean, they might get top four... They might get top five because of... They might get Champions League because of City's whole, like, situation if, with their and shit. But if, 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 if United have a chance to sign, like, one of the biggest talents in world football, they just have to... Even if they have to play him on the right, they just have to do it. So... Um, Boring answer, but Sancho, just, yeah. Uh, Then Chelsea. Chelsea are actually pretty good. I think a lot of of their problems are just sort of things that... uh, I don't want to say it's bad luck, because they genuinely have just a few bad players that are going to fuck up occasionally. But I think they've just... They've been pretty good, and they've had a lot of injury problems. And they've got quite a young, like inexperienced squad. So a lot of this stuff is going to happen. Like, they're going to throw away leads. They're going to not come back in certain games and miss chances, you know, shit like that. But I think they've got a good, like, foundation to be good in a couple of years. Their biggest issue, without a doubt, is Kepa. Like, they just have to fix the keeper situation. Even if this season he's been worse than his actual, like... Like he's performed like the worst keeper in the league. I doubt he's. I doubt he's actually that bad. He's probably just like a mid-table quality keeper, like Pickford or something. He's probably he's probably like a, I don't know, just a mid yeah mid-table quality player, um, and he's performed like terribly. Like if you look at the, I'm not like a huge fan of looking at um, expect goal stats for goalkeepers, but it says it all. Like he's bottom of like every stat of like save percentage expecting goals conceded like he's just he's having a stinker of a season so i think they just need to cut their losses try and get like 30 million from him for him from some, some spanish side um and yeah i think they need to get onana like i really i really like onana from from ajax um i don't know if like if ajax would sell both ziek and onana in one summer to them i don't know if like that's i don't know if 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 they wanted Anana, maybe they just would have gone for for both. I don't know, like what the deal is there. But he's super young. He's already like a maybe probably like a top ten keeper in the world. Um, good with his feet. Like he just he's got everything you want from a keeper, and. To me, that's just a no brainer. Like you've got other positions where they probably need to strengthen. Like they they probably need a backup striker for Abraham, and another wide forward, and. Maybe another centre back and a left back but I just think keeper is where like Kepa has actually cost them about 10, 10 goals this season where just an average keeper would have prevented it so if they if they get a an Anana, that would just that would probably they'd probably concede like 15 less goals next season especially considering Kanto will probably have better well hopefully he'll have better like less injury problems um, Kovacic has missed a few games well I think he's out for a while now So, basically, they should just get a bit less bad luck with with injuries next season. Because I actually think Lampard manages the squad pretty well, like, rotation-wise. They've just just had a lot of injuries this season. Like, it just happens. Some seasons, you get it. Some seasons, you don't. So, yep, for Chelsea, Onana. And, finally, Arsenal. Um... It's a weird one because I'm sort of assuming Aubameyang will leave, which I, I fully expect and want him to do because he's just pissing me off at this point. Every time I check Arsenal, like every time I see an Arsenal winner late on or, you know, it's always Aubameyang. So it remind, I think I said this on Twitter, but it reminds me of like seven, eight years ago when Van Percy was there. And every time I used to see like, um, I used to get like notifications and shit for for, for an Arsenal game. Every time it'll be Van Persie with the winner. Van Persie would, it would just piss me off so much. So yeah, I think he has to leave, um, and he will. I'm pretty sure he'll leave. Like he's got a year left on his deal. Arsenal. I mean, they've done it in the past. They let Alexis. Well, Alexis left on like with like six months left, but let Rams leave on a free. Um, I'm sure there was another one as well. And they let they let Ozil get to like the last six months as well before giving him like 300k a week as well, which was. That's proved to be, like, a massive mistake. So, I think they just want to get as much money as they can from as possible. Especially with the season he's had. Like, he's clearly still world-class. Um, probably, like, still a top 10 player in the world. To most. Like, he's been ridiculous this season. So, if they could get even, like, 50, 60 million from which is nuts considering he's got a year left and he's about 30, that would be amazing. And they'd need to sign, like, a... I don't know what... Like, I don't know what the deal is because... Up front, they'd still have Lacazette. They'd have Enketia and they'd have Martinelli. Um, so I don't know if they'd actually sign like a, a striker to replace him. They might just sign like a left winger, which is where where he's being used right now. That's where Aubameyang plays like every game. So if they if they're going to replace him with a left winger, I think someone like Taron Marcus Terum is probably the best the best like solution out there. Um... I would have said someone like Dellaferio probably before before he got his ACL injury cuz I just like Delafeu. um and he's pretty complete as well. Like he's got goal threat, he's pretty creative. And uh, I think Tarama's is like the right kind of profile they need, like good dribbler, um pretty creative, goal threat, you know, young, um like pretty like great physically, quick, strong, uh tall, you know, he's just He's just a great player, and it's not like he's super. It's not like he's that pricey. I don't think he'll probably cost like forty million max because he's not getting that much hype. The same way like a Richard, like someone like Richardson would probably be perfect, but he he's already he cost fifty million two years ago, and now he's had two really good seasons. He'll probably his Richardson's price right right now is probably like a hundred million or close to that figure. So and he just signed a contract like a few months ago. So. I think um, Richardson would be, like, the ideal option, but I just can't see it happening, so Taram's, like, the next best next best thing, to be honest, so, and I actually think a Taram, Lacazette, Pepe attack, that's pretty, that's pretty good, like, that's, even though Lacazette's in decline, and, you know, Pepe, Pepe's not been great this season, but, Next season, you'd expect him to 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 get better. Even even the last few months, he's improved under Arteta. So, um, so yeah, Taram and also they need a ten badly because Erzo just not doing anything right now. I got I know he got an assist on the weekend, but he's just not creating anything anymore from open play especially. So yeah, that's all the top six clubs. Uh, hopefully, that answered it. Next question is, what's your World XI right now, or World eleven right now? So, when I do these things, I always like to do, I always like to play 4-4-2 just because it allows you to get all, like, the best, it allows you to get as many attackers as possible. And, I don't know, no one really plays 4-4-2 anymore, but I don't really, I don't really care, I just, I just like doing that because it allows you to get two wingers and two strikers in, as opposed to 4-3, we have to have, like three centimeters and then just three attackers like it's, yeah so keeper i think allison pretty pretty clear as the best keeper in the world now um yeah no real debate like oblak's amazing to stay against pretty great but allison just next level um right back i'd say Trent pretty undisputed as well you could argue Kimmich when he plays right back is better but he's playing like dm right now and Trent's levels the last what eighteen months have just been insane, like the assists and even defensively. I don't think he's, I think he's slightly underrated defensively. Like he's not great. That he's not one Misako, but he's still he's like an average Premier League right back defensively. So he's not he's not terrible defensively. Like, he still he still manages to contain a lot of really good players on the wing, like Sane. Neymar, uh in the Champions League, Son and Neymar, um, Son I think, in the league. He's had him on lock a couple of times. Um yeah, like I can't remember. But I've just he he seems to get exposed by like, a lot of shit. Not shit, but like a lot of the like worst wingers for some reason. But against the best ones, like I rarely see him like get exposed. Like even against Coleman last year who's really good one V one. I think he had him on lot the whole game. But he struggled against like Forgot that Cardiff guy's name. Um, is it Mende- Mendes Lang, Mendes Lang? It will be. These guys had him on ropes, but but yeah, Trent definitely best right back in the world. Um, centre backs, I'd say Van Dijk's like the the easiest one. So he's probably the easiest name on here. Um, he's just so clear as the best centre back on the planet. And then the other one, uh, it's hard to it's hard to judge because. I would have probably said Koulibaly before this season but he's been a bit average this season Laporte was up there but he I don't he's still up there but he's had a few injuries so and Varane has been amazing this season so it's hard to still argue Laporte's better than Varane but yeah I'd probably say Varane at this point is it's the second best sent back on the planet um like Madrid have just been amazing all season and then like defensively anyway and I know they get like a lot of protection from midfield like Valverde and Casemiro is like winning the ball back, but still like he's he's outperforming Ramos, and he's just been he's just been super superb all season. So, Varane as the other centre back, um, Robson as the left back. No real, no real debate there. I was actually I was talking about this on Twitter the other day, but the quality of left backs right now, is so poor. Like someone like Alphonso Davies or. Dean from Everton, these guys are probably, like, top five left-backs already, like, there's just, n- there's no real good left-backs out there other than, like, Robertson, maybe Mendy, and, yeah, Davies and shit like that, so, onto the centre-mids, um, I feel like the best, the best midfielder on the planet is, is De Bruyne, like, I know he's not a traditional centre-mid, like, he plays there for City, but I don't really, you know, would he play there in a four-four-two? I don't know, but I don't really think so. But, yeah, he just has to get in this team. Like, his performance levels this season, ridiculous. Um, even last season when he was fit, towards, like, the end of the season, like, the Spurs game in the Champs, um, a few league games here and there, he was just ridiculous. Like, you could tell that his level was just... There was a time when I thought maybe his injuries had sort of like, finished him, like, the Chelsea-Caraba Cup game, he was just so bad, like, I've never seen De Bruyne play that badly, but he just looked, like, the Spurs game, especially, he was just best player on the pitch, so, yeah, De Bruyne, definitely best midfielder on the planet, and then the other one, I'd probably go Casemiro, even though, I think Tiago might be better than Casemiro, but obviously different type of players, and Obviously, I just think Casemiro deserves that prick, like, deserves to get in there, just on the basis that he's a DM. And, you know, I, I don't think a Thiago, De Bruyne, midfield would... Fun- I don't know. This whole team wouldn't really function, but I, just, I think it's way more balanced with, with a DM in there instead of Thiago. Um, yeah, Casemiro, what can I say? Just just amazing. already said, like, how good Madrid have been defensively. He's been a big part of that. Uh, just wins the ball back for fun he's decent... I think he's underrated on the ball as well. Like, you see with these destroyer-type DMs, a lot of them are, like, super underrated on the ball. Someone like Partey, for example, even if he wasn't amazing at winning the ball back, he'd still be... He's still better than someone like Jorginho on the ball who gets all this prick... Well, he gets bigged up as, like, some regista who's just amazing at splitting, splitting lines and shit, but Partey's just so good at that. Same with Casemiro. Um pretty mobile, like I just think he's he's great. Um and he's sort of made up for him and Valveda have sort of made up for Cruz and Modric's decline. I think even though Cruz has been pretty good this season he's clearly physically done. Same with Modric, so yeah, Casimirich has been brilliant. Um on to like the wingers. I say wingers with like you know with Inverted, I always get this fucked up. Inverted commas, I don't know what it's called. The sixty-six and ninety-nine things. Um, Yeah, Uh, you know what I mean. anyways, like they're not really left wingers and right wingers. Like in in four-four-twos, but they're still they're still wingers. I guess wide forwards. Um, Left wing, I'd say Neymar. Even I think he's. I don't say he's on the decline, but I think. I don't know. I don't think he's the same player he was. Uh even like two years ago. I think injuries have slightly taken their toll and he just he slowed down a bit, like physically. Um he's still like easily top three players on the planet, arguably top two. Um like, yeah. Everyone knows how good Neymar is. Not really a debate. Um as some people would say Neymar. would say um Marnie ahead of him, I don't really agree with that at all. I think Neymar's better at pretty much every aspect of football. Um so Neymar left wing, right wing, um another one who's not really a, a right mid, but I'm just gonna stick him in there. Messi, I don't have to say anything anymore, like Messi, best still the best player on the planet. Um and yeah, like you yeah, what can I say? He's, even this season. He's still slowed down a bit. He's still scoring and assisting like every game pretty much. So yeah, ridiculous player. And the up front, I'd say Lewandowski, best centre forward on the planet. Um this season he's probably he's probably been the best player on the world in the world this season. Like look at how many goals he's scored, yeah, from from like like non penalty goals in the league and Champions League. He's like 10 clear for everyone else. He's just been ridiculous. And Bayern have probably, well, they've been the best team on the planet. I don't know, actually. They've been the best team in the Champions League, for sure. They've won seven, I think they were, like, one of the first teams to get seven wins in a row. Or the first seven wins in the, in the Champions League. Um, he's been great in Bundesliga. Like, he's top scorer once again. Um, Yeah, what can I say? Lewandowski is he's just brilliant. And then the other guy, other striker is Mbappe, of course. Probably my favourite player to watch right now. Um, once again, he's just been brilliant this season. Um, even if it's like a Farmers League, whatever, he's still he's scoring over a goal a game. He scored a hat trick off the bench in Champions League. I think even though he wasn't great against Dortmund, he still he still produced the moment of magic for for PSG, which got them got them back in. Well, got them an away goal, and at the time it was a pretty. It was the equalizer, so it was a pretty important goal. Even though like Holland went on the pitch and scored like a minute later, so. Um, so yeah, that's my World Eleven. Uh, Premier League team of the year, Player of the Year, and Young Player of the Year. So team of the year. I'm once again. I'm gonna do a four four two because that's how I am. Um, Ingle. This is actually gonna start like pretty much the same as my World Eleven. Um, Allison, Trent, and Van Dijk all walk into that team I don't really have to say much about them like Liverpool have had the best defence this season they've all been pretty amazing um, I think Van Dijk's actually been like I don't want to say considerably worse but he's definitely been worse than last season I see a lot of Liverpool fans say he should be up for team of the year again and I, just, I don't agree with that at all I think they're doing a disservice to him last season Um, and I actually think that's it's a bit um that's that's, the, that's, the re- that's one of the reasons why I hate defenders getting sort of or defensive-minded players getting credit for, like, winning player league and stuff because it's so hard to quantify their actual performances and when their performances drop off because anyone can just say Van Dijk's been as good as last season but there's no way of, like, <laughs> there's no real way of, of proving that's right or wrong because any, anyone can just say that. With, with a forward, you can clearly see their goal tally's got worse or their assists have gone up or whatever. Like, if I say Salah's gotten worse from 17, 18, everyone will agree with that, or he's he's not performing at the same level. With Van Dyke, anyone could just say for the next five years, as long as Liverpool defence is still solid, everyone could just say, yeah, Van Dyke's still... He's still the best... He's still performing at the same level. Um, that's it's kind of the same with Kante as well, when he won it. Like, as long as the team is still performing well, the, the actual individual performance of the defensive-minded player. No one can say, like, no one will actually make a big deal out of them dropping off performance-wise, because there's just nowhere we of knowing, like, you know, no one, there's no, there's no stats to prove it, that's basically my point. Like, if Van Dijk plays worse and maybe not even plays worse, but just does less than he does in previous seasons, so he wins less aerial draws or he makes less clearances or he sniffs out danger less every game, no one really notices that the same way that they do with like goals and assists. So but I personally think he's he's not been as I've seen less games this season where I've been blown away by Van Dyke as I was um last season. And maybe that's because I'm used to it now, I don't know. But he's been ridiculous, but he's not been there's no argument for him being the best player in the league this season, I think. Whereas last season Yeah, was he better than Sterling Hazard Salah? Maybe, like probably yeah this season I just think there's no way he's been better than other players but yeah um and yeah Trent, Alisson no-brainers I mean Henderson's been pretty good in goal but Alisson's just been ridiculous um the other centre-back this is probably the hardest one because there's been no standout centre-back other than Van Dijk I mean I, I actually asked this on Twitter the other day and Gomez has been really good, but he's also only started 14 out of 29 games. So can you really stick someone in that's played less than half the games? I, I don't think so. Um, so then the other options are guys like Maguire and um, Soinchu and Fernandinho. Like, it's not great options. I'd probably go with Soinchu just because first half of the season he was... He was amazing. Whereas I feel like Maguire and Fernandinho have just been pretty, pretty decent all season. she so, was amazing first half of the season, and then gradually he's just sort of performing okay. Like Leicester's defense is still decent. They're not. Their their performances as a whole have sort of fallen off a cliff, but they're still conceding like a goal a game. They're not. They've not. You know. They've not completely collapsed defensively. It's just the attack. Vardy not scoring for like two months. Uh, Madison. Not assisting for like three months. That's what's cost them. So so she sent back and then left back Robertson, even though I think he's been quite a lot worse than last season as well, he's still been comfortably the best left back. And then midfield, um, I don't know actually. The uh, boy like a no brainer for me. He's been player of the year. Spoiler for the for later question. He's been player of the year comfortably. Um, I think I don't think he's getting enough praise. Like he's dropping one of the best midfield seasons we've ever seen. Like cl- like probably close to Yaya um, thirteen fourteen levels, but no one's talking about it because city have just been pretty underwhelming as a whole. Um, but yeah, De Bruyne has to be there, and then the other centre mid. It's between like Kovacic, Henderson, and Grealish. Um, even though that contradicts what I just said about Casemiro being there to balance De Bruyne, like, I don't know, Grealish, Grealish De Bruyne. imagine that as a centre mid-partnership in real life, in a four four two. they just get, they'd get smoked man, um, but yeah, I'd probably go with Kovacic, just because, and the thing is, he's missed quite a few games, as all here and there, and I think he's injured for the next couple months, so, he might not, he might have a similar situation to Gomez, where he ends up playing, like, half the season. His performance levels have been that high that it might just get in anyway but if we're doing it as of right now I'd say I'd say um I'd say Kovacic has been better than Henderson or Green- and Grealish um he's just so like he wins the ball back for fun he's so good at like carrying the ball I think he's better on the ball than people or better at passing than people give him credit for as well um he's just been really good like and Chelsea's midfield's been a bit of a mess this season with like Kante's injuries and then Jorginho's sort of been in and out of the team he's had a few suspensions Kovacic has just been there all season consistently dropping 9 out of 10s um, and I'd like to see I don't think his type of player gets that much credit as well like ball, ball progress in centre mids I feel like as a midfielder to stand out you either have to be like an elite ball winner or like someone like De Bruyne who just scores and assists for fun um, so someone that sort of just Decent at a lot of things. I feel like he needs to get more respect. I'd love to see him get into team of the year. Um, or team of the season, whatever it's called. Uh, left mid. It's the same as the world XI. It's not really a left left midfielder, but Sadio Mane. I feel like he's probably be, he's probably the closest like competitor to to De Bruyne for player of the season. He's been pretty consistent all year. Um, Fourteen goals, seven eight assists I think. Massively improved like his creative numbers from last season. Um he scored multiple like clutch like late winners for, for Liverpool when when they've needed when you know stats wise he's probably pretty similar to Salah but he scored like he's had like four or five games this season where he scored the goal that's kept the run going or you know so Mane left mid, that's a no brainer. And then right mid Salah. Once again, no brainer. I think I think Myers has been pretty he's running pretty close, like he's been amazing this season. But Salah just he's just an output machine. Like he just scores and assists like every game. Um I don't think I've ever seen any I've seen anyone like this in terms of numbers in the Premier League. Like Ronaldo, he was slightly before my time. Andre and Ronaldo, sure, but they were slightly before my time. Um. I, yeah, I was like a kid when, when Ronaldo went to Madrid. So in terms of just pure output, goals, assists. Salah's been doing this for like three years now. And it just blows my mind how every year he's up there for golden boot. And he gets like 10 assists a season. Like, he's just ridiculous. Probably like a top, I don't know about top five, but definitely top 10 player on the planet. And yeah, I said this on Twitter yesterday, but one of the best players I've seen ever in the Premier League. And he probably will retire in like the, in the like overall Premier League team of well, overall Premier League team ever. Like he'll probably get in that right wing spot. So Salah definitely in there, and the two strikers. I I feel like there's not been a lot of standout strikers this season. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of them have just been pretty patchy with their form. Like even well, first name there is Rady, like top scorer. I feel like you have to include the top scorer in a team of the season, always. But even he's just... He's just had, like, a two-, three-month goal drought. And... I don't know. He didn't even start the season that well. He's basically in... He's basically top scorer because he had a ridiculous two-month spell where he was scoring every game. And he got, like, 12 goals in 10 games or something like that. And that's why he's top scorer. And I'm not trying to, like, discredit him. But has he had... Has he had, like, a great season? I don't know. He's been pretty good. And for his age as well, like, what he's doing is amazing. And then the other striker... It has to be Aubameyang. Um, Even though I think what Ings has done might be more impressive, um, given the team plays. Well, even more impressive than Vardy. I think he's on the same amount of... If you take away penalties, Vardy and Ings are on, like, the same number of goals. And obviously, Vardy plays for, like, a way better attack, attack inside. Um... Aubameyang has just been amazing. Like, the, the carry job he's doing of Arsenal, you could argue it's actually similar to, to Ings. Like, Arsenal's attack is is not good at all. Like, he the players he's surrounded by... Pepe's a good player, but he's not played well this season. Ozil doesn't create anything. Lacazette has just been pretty poor all season. And Aubameyang's just scoring. Every, like, it doesn't matter what manager it is. Like, Emery, he was still scoring... Lundberg he was still scoring And now even on the Arteta he's still scoring like, He's just been amazing all season And I sh- I think he should be up there For like player of the year In terms of like the top 6 players that they do every year The nominees or whatever He deserves to be right up there So yeah that's my team um, And on to like player of the year uh, Like I said De Bruyne deserves it I think he's he's been consistent for- Even on like the first game week I think got like two, three assists against West Ham. He's just been, he's just been ridiculous this season. The only criticism is maybe that in big games, like he's not been, he's not been great in big games. Maybe I don't know, um, like United at home, um, Liverpool away. I don't know. That it's such a small criticism of him. Uh, like I said, I think he's dropped one of the best midfield seasons we've ever seen. Um, even better than his seventeen, eighteen when when City won like by like twenty points. Also, I hate this like narrative that clarity um, has to go to a player that's won the league just because Liverpool are twenty point like the twenty points clear. So a Liverpool player has to win it. Like if if a team wins the league by twenty points and they've got a hundred points in the league, it's probably because the whole team is pretty great. Which means that every individual in that team is surrounded by great players. So their job is easier than say. City player that's, that's doing this and yeah I think he's up there for like goal contributions in the league I think he's got what 8 goals 16 assists and he's a he's a centre mid like oh he's an attacking mid but he's playing centre mid that's that's nuts like I don't think we've seen a centre mid top the, the goals and assist charts in like I don't know since like Gerard or something did Gerard ever do it Lampard someone like that probably like it's just insane what he's doing. And I fully hope he gets it. Um, I hate this... I hate this narrative so much. Like, a Liverpool player has to win it. But the thing is, is, what? If you ask Liverpool fans who's been their player of the season, they've all got different answers. Some of them would have said Henderson, like, two weeks ago. Some will say Van Dijk. Some will say Mane. Some will say Salah. Trent, even, maybe, in the conversation. Alisson. Like, they've, they've all got different answers. To me, that says it all. There's been no standout Liverpool player. Whereas... City, well, De Bruyne has just carried City all season, and yeah, his team's 20 points off, but that's not because that's not his fault, like, that's because City's defence has been pretty average, and Edison's had a shit season, and Sterling and Aguero have all been pretty inconsistent or injury, we had injuries, you know. So, De Bruyne 100% deserves it. Um, And then, young player of the year, I hate this one because. I feel like they need to rebrand this to like a Rookie of the Year sort of type award because you get guys, like Sterling's still eligible for it because that's why he's been eligible for like six years now. Like up until like you're 23, you still get to you still get to win it, which to me is just a joke. Someone like Ali's still up there. I think he can still win it in theory. So I'd give it to Trent, but I hate the fact that it can just be given. Like Trent could win it next season as so, well, and I hate that. I feel like once you've been nominated. You don't. You shouldn't be allowed to be nominated again. If that makes sense, it should just be like your first season. You're the young players burst onto the scene. That's the way I see it. You know, your young player of the year, young player of the year awards should be for players that have just burst onto the scene, about like eighteen, nineteen. You know, I can't think of who's done that this season. Um, maybe like a McNeil or something. I don't know. Uh, or like a Martinelli or Green, someone like that, Martinelli Greenwood. Uh, that's who I'd love to see win it, but it will definitely go to Trent or Rhyfel had a good chance before his injury. But yeah, Trent clear. Trent's clearly been like the best under twenty three player this season. Um, and yeah, that's it for that question. Uh, next question is: Who do you think is going down in the prem? Um, this is a good one because, it's I actually love this like whole relegation scrap I know I'm probably the only one that loves it but this is what I look forward to every season like even more than like the title race and shit um I'd say Norwich are Norwich are pretty much down unless they do like some Leicester type miracle they're done like they just haven't scored enough enough goals they could see too many um which is a shame because like the first few weeks of the season um I even said this like they're, they're probably the most entertaining promoted team since Rogers' Swansea team. Like they play such nice football. They attack big teams. Like they like when they beat City and when they beat um did they beat oh, I don't know. They had like a few really good big game performances. Like Chelsea, I think they lost in the end but they took they took game to them I think it was like three two in the end. I just love seeing promoted teams do that, even though it's quite naive and it really pays off. Like I just love seeing it and it's a shame that they're going to go down, man. I hope, I hope loads of their players get bought by Premier League clubs. Some like Buendia, Cantwell, Pukie, cause they're Because they're definitely Premier League quality players. So they just got let down by the defence. Um, so in Norwich are done, surely. And then the other contenders, you've got Watford, Villa, West Ham, Bournemouth, Brighton. Is that it? I'm going to check the table now. Um... I think it's between those five, six teams. Newcastle, I think they're pretty much safe now after after beating Southampton. Yeah, it's pretty much those teams. So I'd say... So right now, Villa are on 25 points with a game in hand. Bournemouth, Watford, West Ham, 27. And then Brighton, 29. And then Southampton are next on 34. So they're pretty much safe. I'd say... I'd say Villa are done. Or I think they're going to go down. Um... The defense is just a joke. Like, I watched the game yesterday. So bad. Like, and they signed Reina, sort of. Like, he is a good keeper, uh, but he, they were still conceding like two, three goals a game with him in goal. Now they've got Reina, and it's just even worse. Like the the first goal yesterday, no idea what he was doing. He just rushed out for for absolutely no reason. Like Barnes was not even through on goal. He was just in like a two v two position. Where the defender could have easily swept up the danger... And just run out of goal for no reason... Um... And yeah like when your defence is relying on like... Tyron Mings... Like... You're n- that's already a bad sign so... Villa for me are probably down... Um... I don't know... Bournemouth Watford... West Ham... West Ham's fixture list is brutal... Like they... Their fix. I'm going to check it now actually... Their fixtures is so bad that... Okay Wolves at home... Spurs away Chelsea at home, and then it sort of eases up and then they've got United away at the end um, I don't know I think West Ham are clearly better than these teams but they have just like on paper and just performance wise but I don't back Moyes like Moyes has gotten what two teams relegated now um, I just don't back him as a manager at all and the defence is still pretty terrible he's not had a great season even though he's had a few injuries here and there um, so I don't know they could genuinely get relegated and it's not like the goals are flying in right now like even though they've got Jalea um, and Antonio this, and Anderson they've all, they've all had a pretty bad season so I think Jalea's got 7 goals and who's the next top scorer it's probably like Noble or something from penalties like they've legit just not scored enough goals which is like a weird thing because West Ham are always that team that they ship loads but they score loads as well and now they've sort of just they've stopped scoring loads and they're fucked. So, um, I don't know. I think West Ham have enough to stay up. but And their fixture list is slightly better than I thought. I think it included these last couple games, like Liverpool and Arsenal away. Like, that was probably part of... Uh, I think I saw that and thought their fixture list was still terrible. Um, but, yeah, they're probably... I think they'll stay up. So, Watford... Uh, they've just lost their best players on De Lafayette. Um, I don't know if Watford had enough to stay up I mean defensively they're actually pretty good like they've improved under Pearson defensively um, so I don't know it's really hard to say because the thing is yeah I, I'm I'm thinking about it from a perspective of uh, like which team is actually better or which team yeah which team do I rate higher but stuff like fixtures and how many actual points they have, that's what that's what matters most right now. So it's hard to gauge because they're literally on the same points as Bournemouth, as West Ham. Um, but yeah, like I think their results have been pretty poor recently other than the lift one. So maybe it's a similar situation to like Swansea a few years ago where they had that bounce back with Pearson with, um, with Carver Howe at the time and then the, their performances fell off a cliff after like the first four or five games. I feel like that's sort of happened now. Um, And obviously with Delafay getting injured, like, they're just... They're they're suffering quite a lot right now. Um, So maybe Watford. um, Brighton... Brighton have been pretty terrible for a while now. Um, But I don't know. I don't know. This is actually harder than I thought. I think Brighton... Brighton could legit go down, but they're they're two points ahead already. Plus, their fixtures are pretty decent, I think. Um, Okay, now. Arsenal at home... United home Norwich away That's like a must win Okay now The fixtures are brutal They've got Liverpool City They've got four Of the top six Still to play So Brighton could legit go down Even though they've got Like a two point head start They're just struggling To score goals Mopey's finishing Has just been pretty poor Even though his like Expected goals Is like 11 or 12 This season He's just scored like Seven I think Um, And they've got No other goals really Trussard's got like Two, three Moy's got a few Like yeah, Kambash has got, like, two goals and cries every time he scores. Like, they're not they're not scoring enough, and they're still shipping, like, a couple goals a game. So, I don't know. I, I think Brian probably just about have enough, but their fixture list is pretty bad. But if they, they just need, like, one win. Like, I could see them beating Arsenal. I could see them being United at home. Like, they always beat United at home. I swear they've done it, like, two, three years in a row now. So... Yeah, I think they'll just... They'll pull a few big wins out of the bag and probably stay up. So, it's between it's between Watford and Bournemouth for that final spot. And Bournemouth... <laughs> I don't know, man. Is their attack that's, that's been worse this season? Because their, their defence is always leaky. Like, since, Eddie, since they got promoted, um, Eddie Howe's, like, conceded... I don't know if it's him or just Bournemouth in general, but they've conceded the most go- more goals than anyone. Um... So, yeah, their defense is just super trash. But their, def- their attack was always, like, really good. Like, one of the best outside the top six. I think they outscored United in um, Mourinho's first season there. At United, I mean, yeah. 16-17, was it? So, the attack has always been pretty good. But this season, Wilson had, like, a 15-game goal drought. Kings had injuries. Uh, Fraser's just fallen off a cliff. Brooks has been injured. All- like, Brooks hasn't played a minute this season. So, yeah, Bournemouth have been pretty damn terrible all season now. Um, And it's weird to see, because they're one of those teams that they always sort of stay up. They're at Burnley. Like, they never really... Even though they're they're always in and around that spot, like, 15th, you always know they're going to stay up. But this season, like, they they are truly fucked. And it's like they've gotten worse as the season's gone on, whereas everyone else has sort of... Like, West Ham and... Maybe not West Ham, actually. Watford and... Watford, especially, have sort of just they're sort of on the ascendancy under, under Pearson. Like they were terrible the first half of the season. I think they were they were bottom flank like most of the season, and then under Pearson they've sort of improved gradually. So at least I can see, I can see them like getting. I can see them performing to a high level. Then 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 um, Bournemouth. if Bournemouth stay up, it will be because they f- they magically find something out of nowhere that hasn't been there for a while now. Whereas Watford they've had quite a few good performances in recent like Liverpool game um, even though their form has dipped from when Pearson first took over they've still been they've still been good lately that's my main point so I'll probably go with uh, it's boring it's, that's the bottom three right now so that's a bit of a boring answer but I'll probably go with Norwich Villa and Bournemouth even though I want Bournemouth to stay up but yeah I feel like it's pretty much I, I feel like it's probably the time to go to Mars. Even though I love as as like a neutral not a neutral but as like someone that appreciates like any every Premier League team. Um and what these random Premier League teams like bring, you know, and I love watching just random like mid table games like Bournemouth Bournemouth Brighton and shit. I appreciate what Bournemouth have done for the Premier League. Like the amount of two two draws I've seen I've seen them take part in. Like what a team. And then final question Um, I'll try to wrap this up quickly Because it's been like an hour Um, What do you think about the whole Ndombele situation Um, This is in reference to like Well his whole season in fact But the other day he got subbed off by Mourinho And then Mourinho threw him under the bus Basically saying he's not giving enough uh, Blah 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 Then he got dug out on Monday Night Football By Carragher They showed some clips where he basically He wasn't he wasn't running at all and he was just he wasn't showing himself for the ball when the defenders had it shit like that um so yeah what do i first of all what do i think about his season and what he's done obviously pretty terrible like we paid 65 million for him and we've got like four or five 90 minute performances out of him and he's just constantly getting subbed off or he's just not fit enough to start like that's for a sixty million or sixty five million pound investment, that's horrible. Like that's that's what you want the least. Like, if he at least if it was like Pepe or something where he's gradually improved throughout the season and his fitness has always been pretty good, you can see like a foundation for him improving next season. But in Dongble, like fitness issues are pretty concerning. Like maybe he'll just never have it in him to to recover, like or to, to be that guy that could play ninety minutes every week. Same way like Van der Vaart didn't have it it's pretty, like, it's pretty concerning, and it's something I didn't even know was a thing until, until, like, a couple of months ago, like, I swear at the start of the season, he was good when he played, like, every game, and it was just an issue of him, actually, he had a couple, like, niggling injuries, like, that was the issue, and, you know, we had other centre that were sort of keeping him out of the team for whatever reason, like, Sissoko was keeping him out of the team. Um, But now, like, he's not even playing well. Like, I can't remember the last time he started a game and played well. Like, maybe Norwich three months ago. So, it's just a massive concern. Like, I don't know if... I'm starting to doubt, like, he'll ever be, um, like, a success at Tottenham. And that doesn't mean I think we should sell him or anything like that. Obviously not. I actually think we underpaid for him a bit, considering how big a talent he is, or he was last season. 60 million or so... You know he's probably like an eighty million pound player. Like the way he was playing, and especially in Champions League, like some of the performances he had, um, and the fact that he was like twenty two. Like he was, a, he's a massive talent. And even even when you watch him now, he still has moments of brilliance. Like sort of Pogba esque. Uh, obviously, Pogba is way more consistent, but he's sort of Pogba esque. Like there's there's a few times a game where he just does something, and it blows your mind. Like there's no one else that can do that on this pitch and you can see why, like, why he's so highly rated, but that's all he's given us, like, a couple moments a game, and just not good enough at all, um, so yeah, hugely disappointing, but I saw like, I think the way Mourinho went about it was just terrible, because as bad as it's been, like, this is the thing, a lot of people don't get this in, I would even extend this to life, but especially in football, um, when there's, like, an issue, you have to think about how you're going to actually like move forward with that issue rather than being like bitter and like petty about it like yeah he's been bad but does is the best way of moving forward and dealing with that issue to throw him under the bus and dent his confidence and make him less motivated definitely not like no way like what good does that actually do I, some people say, oh, these players need to kick up their arse, whatever. I think he knows himself how badly he played. The fact he got subbed off, that's that's the kick-up the arse he needs, not Mourinho saying, oh, he was terrible, whatever. Like, he does not need that. And I feel like Pochettino would have never said something like that about his own player. I doubt he did. I mean, he might have subbed him off. I think he subbed him off at Brighton earlier in the season. And, yeah, and I just think the fact that he, he all these fitness issues have come since Mourinho took over... To me that says that maybe Endomele just doesn't buy into like Mourinho's uh not style of play, but maybe just doesn't buy into his ideas and what he wants. So he's not giving his all, which which is pretty like disgraceful from a footballer's perspective. But I still I still blame Mourinho for that. I still think that's his fault for, you know, making one of our best players, probably a top three player at the club. Um, lose motivation and just not look after himself, I'm not saying he's not like a baby that needs fucking his hand held and you know, like it's his fault that he's not in good shape but still I just feel like what's the reason for that happening, is that because Mourinho's sort of just being so negative towards him and not looking after him the same way that Poch was, I don't know, I'd be inclined to to think that way because these fitness issues did not exist on the Pochettino. Like, he was still struggling, but it was nowhere near this bad. He did not look overweight on the Pochettino. He was-